0: Chapter number one in your Bible. We're looking at several verses here this morning. James chapter number one. Most of the verses, pretty much all the verses that we talk about today, will be on the screen. So if you didn't bring a Bible, that's totally cool. Uh, You can just follow along on the on the screen there, and you can reference that, or you have your app out. You can use uh, your app on your phone. No no problem. Uh, But we're going to cover a lot of verses. Usually we cover one or two verses on a Sunday morning, but this time we're going to cover a lot of verses. But actually, the message, uh, Lord willing, will be a little bit shorter. Uh, just because of the nature of the passage. And as a reminder, I love saying this. I get to say this one time a week, and I want to say it almost every week that I possibly can, and that is this, is that here at Heritage, we believe that the Bible is the most important thing that we can look at on a Sunday morning, that it is God's Word that makes the changes, it is God's Word that brings us new life and, and helps us grow and helps us to draw closer to Him. That is why, here at Heritage, we preach the Bible verse by verse. Next chapter, next verse. Why are we in James chapter 1 verses 19 through 27? Because that was the next chapter and the next verse. So if you uh, are saying, man, I want a church that preaches the Bible. Man, you have found it. this is a church that focuses in on what God says. And all we're trying to do every single Sunday is say, God, what is it that you're saying to us that is relevant for our life? I know out there this morning, there's a lot of questions about life and sometimes in church pastors are really good at answering questions that nobody is asking Nobody has asked. Nobody. I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe one or two of you did. I don't think anybody woke up this morning and said, "Hmm, I wonder what size the tabernacle was in the Old Testament." Right? I don't know if anybody maybe asked that question. If you did, we have a Wednesday night Bible study. You can learn that. Seven o'clock. Come and join us for that. I don't know if anybody woke up and 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 asked about you know the the the, the seven seal judgments in Revelation. Uh, asked that question. And maybe that is a question that you have. Join us on Wednesday nights for our deeper Bible study. Seven o'clock that we have right in here. But sometimes uh, people they wake up in the morning and they ask these questions like, man, is my is my marriage ever going to be what I want it to be? Sometimes people wake up and they, they have the questions of, how do I raise my kids right? They ask questions like, is this the job that I should stay in or should I look to transition? And so many times we live our lives with these practical questions and we come to church uh, wanting to find some answers and direction in our life towards these practical questions, whatever they may be in your life. And that's what we do. We try to say, okay, we understand the questions that you are asking. Because honestly, as a young father and a husband and a young man, I'm asking a lot of those same questions. I'm trying to figure out how to be a good dad and how to be a faithful husband and try to love my wife the way God tells me to, and and try to be just a, a good person and a growing Christian. And I bear these questions as well. And what we try to do is we try to say, okay, God, You know the questions that are in the hearts of the people that are coming to Heritage, and where are the answers found? All of the answers to the questions that you have in life are found in God's Word. They are. God's Word is maybe an old book, but it is a vintage book, as in It is timeless. It is relevant for every generation. We don't approach the Bible and say, well, that's just some old things that that somebody said a long time ago, and it's not really pertinent for today. And, and And if the Bible understood the culture of today, then it might say a few things differently. Can I say to you, the Bible is vintage, it is timeless, it is relevant just as much today as it was 2,000 years ago, and that's why we come together with our questions, wondering how to be successful in life, wondering how to raise a good family, wanting to know how we can be the Christians that God wants to be, and we say, God, show us in your word what it is that I need to learn about what the Bible says about the questions that I have in life. And that's exactly where James is bringing this particular passage today. James is the half-brother of Jesus and he's a pastor of a church, but the church doesn't gather like this. It did for a while, but then there was persecution. Now the church is scattered uh, among different nations, and, and they can't come together on a Sunday morning, so they jump on Zoom, and they have a great, no, they, don't, they didn't have Zoom back then, but if, they, if it was this day and age, they would jump on Zoom and have Zoom calls and welcome the church, and James writes this letter to these scattered Christians who are young in the faith, who are trying to figure out life, and Christianity all at the same time and are wondering how the two mesh together. And so he writes this very practical book to remind us of what God wants for us in our lives. And we come here to James chapter number 1, and the Bible says in verse 19, it says, Know this, my beloved brethren, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Verse 21 says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Verse 22 says, But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. Verse 25 says, "But the one who looks into the perfect law of liberty, the law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doings." Verse 26 says, "If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this: to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained." From the world. So what is James teaching us here in this particular passage? We can look at the book of James in a broader context, but as we look at these verses, we have to ask ourselves this question. What does James and God want us to know about the verses that he says? And here's the kind of the the one thought for today's message that in this particular passage, James is literally saying to us that God's word is the only guide in how we live. That God's word is the only guide in how we live. In this passage, we we see nine different uh, actions that James uh, gives to us that he says are connected to the word of God. That if the word of God is a guide for your life, there are nine clear actions that we find listed in verses nineteen through 26. And, and as we look to see about God's word guiding our life, we will see results in our life when God's word comes into our life. And James says, listen, I know there's a lot of things I could teach you. I know there's a lot of questions that you have about life and about how to be successful or how to grow as a Christian. But can I remind you this morning that all of those questions can be found when God's word is a guide for your life. Verse 22 says, but be doers Why does he tell them to do what the Word says? Why does he tell them to follow the Word? Because he believes, and it is true, that the Word of God should be the only guide for our lives. And when it is, we see there are all kinds of results and positive responses when God's Word is a part of our life. But the question we have to ask ourselves is this, is what happens when God's Word is the guide for our life? As we look in this passage... We see things like be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. We see things like put away rampant wickedness and receive with meekness. What he's trying to tell them in so many different ways is, listen, you got to make God's word the guide for your life. Can I just remind you this morning, that it is so true what James is saying, that we as believers, we have to make God's word the guide for our life. This is not just a book that we pick up on Sunday. This is not just some verses that we memorize when we were a little kid. God's word should be the lamp. The Bible says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's reminding us that God's Word should be the flashlight that guides our decisions, that guides our direction, that guides our family, that guides our marriage, that guides how we raise our children. There should be no other source that comes in necessarily that is over and has more authority than the Word of God. Sure, we can have some things that help us, and sure, we can have some different perspectives, but ultimately, what is the guiding principle and the guiding force of our life should be what God says. Now, here's the question what happens when we do that? Because I know all the wonderful Christians in this room are already in agreement with me. You're like, absolutely, Pastor Steve. When I walk out of this room today, God's word is going to be the guide for my life. Great. Let's pray. Let's go home. Right? Right. We're done. Good. That's all. That was our goal for today. But now that I know that you're going to do that, now that I know you've already made that decision, we want to talk about what's going to happen. What happens when God's word becomes the guide for our life? Let me me share number one, the way we the way we listen will change. When God's word is the guide for our life, the way we listen will change. Look at verse number 19, if you would. It says, know this, my beloved brethren, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We're seeing You see here that James, he gives us a clear order right here. He says, I'm gonna tell you something. When God's word is guiding your life, the way you listen, the way you listen, In life, the way you listen to preaching, the way you listen to others around you will change. He says, I want you to be swift, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. He gives a clear order here. There's an old expression, God gave you one mouth and what? Two ears, right? Because he wants you to listen more than you speak. And the reason why James gives us a clear order here is because God's word has something to say to us. This is what we do. We go throughout life. We get up. We go to work. We try to, we try to raise our kids right. Man, we're trying to be the best husband we can. Notice I never say best wife because the wives are perfect. It's always the husband's fault, honestly, right? Man, that's where you go, yes, yes. 40 years of marriage, right? Mike's saying yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? We try to to develop the life that we want. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. There's nothing wrong with with wanting to be successful. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have a happy marriage. There's nothing wrong with with wanting to have a, a happy family. But the question is, how do you go about it? Because how you go about it will determine whether or not you get it. And so many times what we think is, okay, I'm going to place the Bible over here in my life and I'm going to try to live my life the way I want. I'm going to try to have a good marriage. I'm going to try to raise my kids right. I'm going to try to be a good employee. I'm going to try to grow as a Christian. All the while the Bible is not guiding us and God is saying, listen, you've got to understand that when God's word guides your life, you need to stop talking and start listening because God has something to say to you. You know, every time you come to the house of God, God has something to say to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to be in your life. He wants His Word to become more of a guide for your life. And that's why sometimes we need to stop talking so much and trying to figure out our own way and say, God, I'm going to just be quiet in my life. I'm going to be quiet in my marriage. I'm going to be quiet in my, in my job. And I'm just going to listen to what you have to say to me. You see, when God's word guides our lives, it changes the way we listen. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. You know, you know why is, I wonder why it says slow to wrath. You know, sometimes God's word is going to say something that you don't like. Yep. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I think he knows, right so here you go. say I'm, I'm, I'm gonna listen all right God, what do you want me to do? Husbands love your wives Hmm. okay now you saw what she was like last week, right God you, you were there right because you're like omnipresent right because you, you were there in the kitchen right when I didn't say the right thing right You husband love your why okay but how can I how can I love her when she's like this It doesn't say love your wife when she has, has the right spirit doesn't say love your wife when she's nice to you. Husbands, love your wives, period. And so what happens if we go to God and say, God, okay, speak to me, show me what you want. And God says, I want you to love your wife the way I love you, unconditionally. I want you to serve her. I want you to be faithful to her. I want you to sacrifice for her, even when she doesn't get on and turn the closet light off. Right? Somebody, it had to be an inside joke. Two, two weeks ago, I told a story. You can watch it on YouTube, the video. Even when she doesn't turn the closet light off, you gotta love her. And sometimes we think, well, God, but you don't understand how she is. You know, she's short with me, and sometimes she has an attitude, and sometimes, you know, she can just be, man, just tell you, and we don't like what God says. And so, and so we don't do what God says. Watch this now, because we don't like what God says. And what James is saying to you is whether you like what God says or not, that doesn't, that doesn't negate you from doing what God says. He says, be swift to hear slow to speak, slow to wrath. You know, a lot of times we we live our lives the opposite of that order. You know what we are? We are quick to get angry, we're quick to say a lot of stuff, and we're, and we're quick to not listen to anybody. That's how we are. Alright? I love the order he gives because he knows human nature, right? He's been to, I think God's been to our house a time or two, and he knows what it's like in our house, right? We walk downstairs, right, or, you know, whatever, and you tell your wife, you know, men, you tell your wife, I don't know why I'm on husbands and wives say the Lord's leading in this. Um, but, uh, tell your wife, "Uh, now, honey, I'm going to pick you up at 6.30. 6.30. As in I expect, and in the man's mind, he's thinking, when I say pick you up at at 6.30, that means you're going to be three blocks down from our house, waiting at the corner with the kids, so I can just open the door and you can just jump in and we can keep on going, right? What she means is, oh you mean I can get in the shower at 6.30 and get ready, right? And what we do is we have a miscommunication or an or a, a unmet expectation. And what we do is the exact opposite of what God tells us. He tells us to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. But then we, we don't get an expectation met or something doesn't go right in our life. And all of a sudden we get upset. We get angry. We don't like what's going on in our life. We don't like the way people are responding to us. And so you know what we do? We get to say all kinds of stuff that eventually we're going to regret a couple days later. And we open our mouth and we we spew out hatred and anger and and hurtful words. And then after all of that, after a big blow up and a big argument, then finally we sit down and we say, okay, tell tell me the situation. And God says, listen, if you go into life always being upset, always being angry, always looking to get your words in and get your thoughts in, you'll never have a quiet enough moment to hear what I have to say to you. Because remember, God speaks to us, what? In a still, small voice. In a still, small voice. And amidst all the anger and all of the noise of your life, God hasn't stopped speaking. It's just not quiet enough for you to hear Him. And what He's saying to you is, if your word guides, if my word guides your life, it's going to change how you listen. Because in any situation that comes up, you're not going to react. You're not going to get angry. You know what you're going to do? You're going to say, okay, God, wasn't expecting this. I'm listening. Because I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what your word tells me to do. So I'm listening. I'm listening. See, when God's word guides your life, it'll change the way you listen. Also, when God's word guides your life, it will change the way we live. The way we live will change. The way we listen will change, but the way we live will change. It says in verse 21, it says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls, but be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a, in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away at once and forgets what he was like. But he who looks in the perfect law of liberty, or excuse me, the perfect law the law of liberty, and perseveres, Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts he will be blessed in his deeds. So James says, listen, if you let God's word be the guide for your life, it's the only guide for your life, it determines your decisions, the way you listen will change because you're going to wait to hear what God has to say. You're going to go to God's word instead of going to your own emotions. You're going to make sure that you're following what the Bible teaches about this certain situation. And also, not only will it change the way that you listen, but it will change the way you live. He says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. When God's word is a guide for your life, it will literally change how you live your life because now you are living listening for what God says. And once God tells you from his word what he says, then you will begin to do what the Bible says. This is the ultimate goal of Christianity. Jesus Christ saved you. He redeemed you. He forgave you. He gave you mercy and grace. Why? Not so you could live your own life. Not so you could do what you want to do. So you could listen and say, God, you saved me. You love me. You redeemed me. You were with me. You've been faithful to me, God. And now I'm going to do whatever it is that you want. I'm going to listen. And whatever you say, God, I'm going to do that. That's why God's word needs to be God for your life. Because whatever God says, our hearts ought to be this. As Christians, whatever God says, we'll do. Whatever he says. Whatever he says. Some of you that have military backgrounds, you understand this, right? Whatever they say. The commander says, you do it. You don't question it, you do it. Why? Because you trust in the one leading you. And so many times we hesitate to do what God says because we don't trust that God has our best interest at heart. I know, I know you want success in your life. I know you want prosperity. I know you want to see God bless. And there's nobody who wants it more than God himself for your life. And he's telling you what to do. It's like my sons, you know. I tell my sons, all I have two boys, seven and nine. I tell them all the time what to do. I remind them constantly what to do. And I constantly remind them and say, listen, if you'll just do what daddy says, I'll tell you, man, it, life will be good for you. <laughs> it really will. And sometimes they get in trouble or sometimes, you know, they, they hit their brother. And then it's like they're hitting, you know, each other. Stop hitting each other, right? And they leave each other alone, right? And just, just, just play chess or something nicely or something. Do something, right? But they always hit each other and you get on each other, antagonizing each other, you know? And I go, don't do that. Just listen. Just listen to it. And do what dad says. Do what mom says. And sometimes they're like, man, why am I in trouble again? Because you didn't listen. You didn't do what I told you to do. When I said don't hit your brother, you went up and hit your brother. Do you understand? And so many times in our life, I'm telling you, man, God, God is such a good father. But so many times in our lives, we think, oh man, how did I get in this situation again? Oh, how did I mess up again? How did I back myself in a corner again? How is my marriage like this again? How are things that work like this again? And God says, because you're not doing what I told you to do. And how many times do we have to mess up? And how many times do we have to back ourselves in a corner? And how many times do we have to trip over our own self, or get in our own way before we finally decide, you know what? Huh. My way doesn't work too well. Maybe I should try it God's way. And you know what's a beautiful thing? God in His grace and in His mercy says, all right, I'm ready for you to try. And even when we go away from God and we say, oh, I messed up again. God, can I come back? He says, Yep. God, I messed up again. I did my own God, can I come back? See, the mercy and grace of God. God is not some taskmaster that's wanting to see you fail. He's a loving father that wants you to succeed. And no matter how many times you mess up, God invites you back. He invites you back. He invites you back to do what he says. See, if God's word is a guide for your life, then you will, the way you live, will change. Can I ask you a question this morning? Are you doing what God has told you to do in the areas of your life? Do you even know what God wants you to do? Have you spent time in his word to learn and to grow, to understand what God wants you to do, the kind of person he wants you to be, the kind of coworker he wants you to be, whatever your role is, are you doing what God says? Because when God's word is a guide for our life, it will change the way we listen. It will change the way we live. And then finally we're done. It will change the way we love. The way we love will change. Verse 26, it says, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, This person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. I love this verse. I love this verse. So many times we define religion as rituals or things things that we do for ourselves, but God right here clearly defines that pure religion, like real Christianity, is doing for others. It's for others. The way we love will change. You see, when we get into God's word, you know what we're going to find? That it's not all about us. That's why Jesus served his disciples. That's why he washed their feet. Because when we do what God says, when we say, God, I want your word to guide my life. So I'm going to listen. I'm going to live. I'm going to change the way I live. I'm literally going to make decisions in my life not based upon what I want, but based upon what your word says, I'm literally going to change how I live. I want to follow your word. I want it to be a guide for my life. Then you will find yourself surrounded by serving others. Let him visit the fathers and widows in their affliction. Let him keep himself unspotted from the world. This is why, as a church together, we want to serve our community. We want to reach people. I'm glad you're here, but I still see a few empty chairs that we can fill with some people who need hope and who need help and who need a place where they feel like they can belong. And this is a place where anybody can belong. Let me say it again, just in case you missed it. This is a place where anybody can come. That's why we have a sign out there as big as we can get it by the county. And if we could get any bigger, we'd make it bigger. If we could put balloons next to it. We put balloons next to it. If we could put a, a guy with a chicken costume, if anyone you're willing, oh, we can talk later, we'll put a chicken costume at it and point to the sign and say, look, you belong here. Yes, you who are broken. Yes, you, who've messed up. Yes, you, who are confused. Yes, you, who are hurting. You belong here in this place. Why? Because when we look at the Word of God, if we're going to be a church that is guided by the Word of God, then we will be a church that serves others. Serves others. It's not about us. It's not about us. It's about Him. God, what do you want us to do as a church? He says, I want you to stop thinking about yourself. I want you to serve others. To visit the fathers and the widows, the fatherless. You know, these are these are people I think he, he picks out specifically. You see, why would he pick out those? I think it's specific because these are people who are hurting greatly. You're a widow. We have many widows, widowers in our church who we love dearly, who we try to support and, and pray for. And I appreciate the widows in our church who are just faithful to the Lord, they love the Lord. They lost their husband, and now they're just being faithful to God. I thank the Lord for, for the widows that God has brought to our church and the widowers that God has brought to our church, and we want to serve them. We want to love them. You say, "Well, what can they give back to us? Nothing. We're not, God doesn't say they're going to give something back. You say, well, "What can some orphan, what some orphan boy? Give back to our church. If we're going to invest our time into this boy, what can he give back to us? Nothing. God doesn't call us to serve to get. He calls us to serve because of how much he's given to us. I'm saying this morning, if we're going to be Christians who follow God's word, who allow God's word to guide our life, who allow God's word to dictate our actions, then you're going to find yourself sometimes serving Others, like Jesus did. You see, the posture of a, of a strong church is not this. The posture of a strong church is this. How can we serve you? How can we help you? How can we be a blessing to you? You say, why would you do this? Why would you serve? Why would you have a kid? Why would you do other thing? Because God told us to. And we are just believers who do what God says. Because God's word is the guide for our lives. Is that you this morning? Here's the question. What is guiding your life today? What is guiding your decisions today? What is guiding your relationships today? Can I encourage you, as James encouraged these believers, to allow the Word of God to be the only guide for your life. Can we pray together? Lord, we love you. God, we're thankful for who you are.